You are listening to audio from Ebenezer Baptist Church on the corner of Ebenezer Church and Pleasant Green Road. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go to ebcconnect.org. Now here's our pastor with this week's sermon. And, and children, thank you. Job. This morning we are privileged to have with us um, pastor that is familiar with this pulpit and this platform uh, because he's pastor of Faith Baptist that meets here, um, Hispanic congregation that is just blowing and going to this place and sharing the love of Christ in this, in this area. So Pastor Mark Johnson, would you come and share with us what God has laid on your heart? We look forward to it. And um, you know, we talk time, but casseroles will stay warm all afternoon. So let me pray for you, and we'll set you loose. God, we thank you so much for Pastor Mark and the work that uh, the church that he's pastor of is doing. Father, I pray that you will just um, work through him and speak through him. God, the things that you've laid on his heart for us, God, may they be the heart of you that we would receive and understand what we're to do. And so, Father, I pray that you will just work through him and and give him the, the boldness to speak your word without hesitation. God, we thank you and we love you. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, love you, brother. Thank you. Muy buenos dias a todos. Oh, I forgot what time it is. I'm sorry. Good morning. How are you? What a blessing to be here. Thank you, Pastor Bob, for the opportunity. It's a privilege for me to be able to speak. Uh, if, if maybe once, maybe twice in a year I get to speak in English, and it sounds crazy, and obviously my first language is English, but I never speak, uh, preach in English, so when I do, sometimes I stutter a little bit. So if I stutter, you pray for me, and if I start speaking Spanish, you can go home and say, we spoke in tongues in a Baptist church. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> so it was five years and two months ago that uh, I sat on that third pew for the very first time, uh, and I was introduced to the church, and, and uh, it was told what we were going to do, and y'all have received this, and I want to thank you for giving us the privilege to be on the, on the campus here, using north, using here. Uh, I could spend the afternoon telling you all the blessings that the Lord has done in the people of our church and reaching people uh, because you have supported our work here, and I thank God for that. We uh, praise the Lord. This year, uh, this summer, eight of our young people felt the call to go to Bible college, and they, they've been here the last five years of their high school, well, ninth, eighth grade, been here, or getting preached to here, and the Lord worked in their heart, and now they're studying for the ministry in the Bible college. Praise the Lord for that. And then we have, we have, um, we have an addictions problem on Friday nights that the Lord allows us to use this down here. And we have um, a lawyer that we met years ago. He was invited on a big day. We hand out several thousand invitations for our, our anniversary. And he found out about our ministry, and he said he witnesses in the jails, but he's never found a church where he could send his people. And what it is is um, he gets these customers, these clients who have DUIs and have all these issues. Uh, some are uh, domestic violence, and they have to do time. They have to do community service. They have to go to programs. He sends it our way. And we have three families that now love the Lord, are serving the Lord, that that man sent us, that they got saved. And all happened down, all happened down in, in that building right there. Well, the Lord did the work, but I just, just tell you, it's, it's just a blessing to be here. I thank the Lord for, for y'all allowing us to be here. And the ladies have reached out to my wife and uh, have made her feel good. Thank you for that. 
yesterday we had the privilege of um, uh, having our Awanas and our youth choir, I mean our, uh, um, I'm sorry folks, I'm nervous, <laughs> kids choir, our kids choir sing at, um, at Salem Baptist in Apex, they were doing a, an Awanas leaders meeting and they had heard about our group and so our, our, our choir got to sing, but well, we didn't have Awanas before we came to Ebenezer. And uh, we saw it. We loved it. Pastor Wayne helped my wife with a lot of issues. She sort of runs it. And now the Lord is blessed. And we just have a great, great time at North with our with our Juanas. And all that's because you all have supported us. And we want to just say, say, say thank you. I could speak the rest of the day on that. But uh, we got to preach. <laughs> so seeing the other preachers here today maybe remind me of a story. There was a, there was a, a preacher who had been in the ministry 25 years. And uh, one day he was going to the closet. It was Sunday morning. He was getting his typical Sunday morning suit. And. All of a sudden, he saw a box he had never seen before. It was a shoe box on the top. Did my wife buy me a new pair of shoes? And he pulled the box down, and there was three eggs, and there was $101 bills. He said, honey, what is this? Oh, please don't make me tell you. No, come on. We've been married 25 years. You gotta, there's no secrets. Okay, well, when you started preaching, I decided I was going to critique every sermon. And if you didn't do good, I was going to put an egg in that box. He said, wow, 25 years only three eggs in 25 years? I'm a pretty good preacher. Well, where are the $100 bills? She goes, every time I got together a dozen, I sold them for a dollar. <laughs> John chapter 1, please. Hopefully there won't be an egg in the shoebox when I get home. John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Got a little cold. I apologize. I'm going to try not to cough. And that's why I'm not using a lapel mic so I can move the microphone and not... Uh, make a lot of noise. John chapter 1. Let's look at verse 40. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, the Messias, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, Cephas, which is interpreted, which, which is by interpretation, a stone. As, as one day when I was studying, I began to meditate on, on on the Christian life, and I asked the Lord to to open my eyes to see an example in the Word of God that would just would 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 just give us a, a the Christian life in a nutshell. The stages of the Christian life, a typical Christian life. And the Lord put, my, put in my heart the, 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 the Bible character of Peter. And what I want to talk to you today about and, and, and preach to you about is the stages of the Christian life. Or, or the Christian life in a nutshell. And I'm not going to use uh, the, the screen for my points, but I've got, I've got my points on a piece of paper, and I'm going to have some guys come up and help me out. So, so what is the deal with the Christian life? How, how does this whole thing work? What, what is it all about? What are the stages? When we go to the life of Peter, we see every stage in the Christian life. The first thing we see is, number one, we see his conversion. See, there's, there, there, there's, in order to become a Christian, in order to get into the Christian life, you've got to get saved. And there's a lot of people, according to the Bible, there's a lot of people naming the name of Christ who are not saved. As a matter of fact, if I understand the word right, there's going to be more people lost than there is going to be saved. And dear, dear folks, this morning I want to ask you, do you know that you're saved? 
when, when God gives me the opportunity to run into people uh, uh, where it may be, I always try to, to, to give them a, a gospel presentation. I always try to ask them about their salvation. And many times they say, oh, I go to such and such church. I said, that's good. When did you get saved? Well, I've been there all my life. When did you get saved? Well, I've been there all my life. Excuse me? Salvation is a moment. Salvation is when you come to the place where you, in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Savior and ask him to save you, and that day you get saved. And any man who is in Christ is a new creature. Dear folks, salvation, uh, the Christian life starts with salvation. You can go to church, you can, you can carry a Bible, you can go to Bible studies, you can quote scripture, you can know scripture, you can tell stories, but until you get saved, until you trust Christ as your Savior, you are not saved. And the first, the first stage of the Christian life is your conversion. And the Bible says that Jesus said, what? What? What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his? He said, I don't care if you're Zuckerberg. I don't don't care if you're Bill Gates. I don't care if you own half the world. I don't care if you're a communist leader and everything in your country belongs to you. If you die and you go to hell and you lose your soul, you have wasted your life. Dear folks, if you don't know that you're saved, if you have doubts about your salvation, seek your preacher out. Get that thing nailed down because I don't care how successful you are in business, how successful you are in your marriage, how successful you are in any area of your life. If you're not saved, when you die, you will be in hell and you will regret the fact that you never got saved for all eternity. The first part of the Christian life is salvation. The Bible says here that, 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 that um, uh, Peter was brought to Christ. And Peter at that moment knew Christ. And Peter at that moment, moment believed in Christ. See, see I, 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 you, can go, you can go to a funeral and you can see a body. And you say, wow, that's a nice suit. He's still dead. He got a nice hairdo. He's still dead. That's a pretty tie. He's still dead. Look at those fancy shoes. He's still dead. He's at church. He's still dead. See, folks, we can have all these things that look nice and look right and sound right and talk right, but if we're not saved, none of that matters. What good is a suit and shoes and a tie and a hairdo if you're dead? There's there's a lifeless body there. And what good is this outward uh, this outward Christian show and this outward Christian acts if it doesn't come from a heart who has believed and received Jesus Christ as his Savior? Jonathan, would you help me out? This is my son, Jonathan. He's 21, but he's not available, young ladies. <laughs> he's good looking because he looks like his mama. Praise the Lord. See, the first part, oh, I give, I'm, all, I'm so nervous I put the wrong, gave you the wrong one, buddy. Don't mess up my preaching, would you? His conversion, his conversion, when he got saved, when he came to Jesus Christ, when he believed on Christ, and that, listen to me, that literally transformed his life. You, you don't have to twist somebody's arm to seek the, once they're saved, to seek the Lord, to, to look for the Lord, to go to church. When, when they're in Christ, they're a new creature. 
The, 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 the caterpillar is no longer a caterpillar. The caterpillar is metamorphosis into a butterfly. And the butterfly doesn't go down in the ground anymore. And the butterfly doesn't eat dirt anymore. The butterfly flies up high. It has a different lifestyle. It has a different life. It's a, it's a completely different creature. And when you get born again, and when you get saved, and when you accept Christ as your Savior, you know you're saved and your life is transformed. I grew up Catholic 15 years. Me and Pastor Bob have a lot in common. He's from Pittsburgh. I was going to say Roll Tide, but that's Alabama. Uh, terrible towel, man. Terrible towel. See, we, we understand each other. You say, Yin's guys, dine time, put it on the table. That's how we talked in Pittsburgh, but I got, I got sanctified in North Carolina. <laughs> By the time you said amen. <laughs> So, so we see this thing about being saved is, is so, so important. There was a man who came to our church. What a story. He, he was uh, working construction in Greensboro, a little short fella, and uh, he was a supervisor, and he was making a lot of money. Uh, 1994, 95, somewhere around there. We got to Durham in 96 to start the ministry. And, and, and in 97, one of the ladies at the church said, hey, Pastor Mark, there's a Spanish man in the home where I stay. It's a home for people with brain injuries. I'd love for you to go talk to him. I'd be glad to. His story, Luis Pais, he was a supervisor making a lot of money. He was on the eighth floor, and he fell. He became a paraplegic. And you and I say, poor thing. How sad. What a tragedy. Wait a minute. He became a paraplegic. He was no longer making $1,500 a week in 1994, which is a lot of money. Now he's in a home where they take care of him 24 hours. Now he, he, the only thing he can do is lift his arm up like this, and when he does, he falls. But because he was in that home, and he met that dear lady who spoke with me, we went by, we gave him the gospel, brought him to church, he got saved, he was in church for many years. He brought his son and his daughter. His daughter has now been saved and graduated from Bible college. His son, I married him last summer with a good Christian girl who's serving in our church. All because that man got saved, his family got saved, all because of the fall. You know what? It doesn't matter how bad you have it in this world. You're going to live here 80, 90, 100 years. If you're saved, you've got all eternity and joy, life. We need to realize, we need to realize that if we're saved, we got it all. If we have salvation, it don't matter. It doesn't matter. Anything else doesn't matter because we are saved. But if you're not saved, your life is a waste. Don't get offended. Just accept the truth. See, because if we could look at eternity, eternity, I'm sorry, if we could look at the human life, we would say the, 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 the natural human life, let's say this is birth. 90 years and death is about this far. So, about two or three feet. Can I show you eternity? Let me show you eternity. Let me show you eternity. Hopefully I'll make it all the way around. <laughs> From that point to the moon and back, 10 times. And not even that, because it's, it's eternal. And here in this little life, we're worried about what people think. We're worried about how much money we make. We're worried about how popular we are. This, this, this life is, is nothing. It's the future life. And, and, and dear young people and, and dear brethren, it's, it's faithful in this church. If you're not saved, you need to get that thing taken care of. Because if you're a success here and you're a, you're a failure there, you've lost it. Eternity, uh, uh, the human life is this. Eternity is forever. 
And the devil, the devil would love for you to wait. Look, you, you get a bad haircut. How long does it take to fix it? About a month and a half. <laughs> you get a bad cell phone. You get a bad cell phone service. Two years, you're stuck. You get a bad, a lemon car. You pay it off in four years. You buy a house. 30 years. You get married. Well, we won't go there. <laughs> you get married 50 years. Eternity is forever. Eternity is forever. It's a long time to pay the price for a foolish mistake of not being saved. And right away, right now you're thinking, but you don't know how long I've been there. You don't know. I've probably even taught a class. It don't matter. If you're not saved, you will not go to heaven. You will spend eternity in hell. And it doesn't matter how many preachers don't want to say it. That's what the Word of God says. And we do people a favor when we present the gospel to them and, and say, say to them, this is what Jesus said. His conversion. His conversion. He came to Christ. His brother brought him to Christ. And his life was transformed. Let's see a second part of the stages of the Christian life. If you would, go with me to Matthew chapter 14. Pastor Scott, can you help me out? They're going to stand up there the whole time? Well, I have to stand up here the whole time. <laughs> Someone else might as well suffer. <laughs> I uh, pray for me. My mom didn't have any normal children. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> or grandchildren. <laughs> Matthew 14, verse 28. Matthew chapter 14, verse... <laughs> we'll start in 25. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went with them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter, and Peter answered, and said, answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Dear brother, let me ask you a question. How many, how many disciples walked on the water? One. Peter, when we look at Peter, we see not only his conversion, but we see after his conversion, that man saw Jesus, and if Jesus was doing it, he wanted a part of it. He said, Lord, if that's you, I can't tell. It's mighty cloudy out here, and there's a lot of waves, and there's a lot of wind, but I think it's you, Lord, and if it's you, let me do what you're doing. I want to be just like you. He said, he said go ahead. His zeal. The Bible tells us a story where, where, where Jesus gives a parable and he dismisses the crowd. And Peter goes to Jesus and he says, Lord, explain that thing to me. I need you to explain it. I didn't get it. Lord, Lord, explain that parable unto me. I, I, I don't want to leave your presence without understanding the, the truth or the words that you have tried to give me because your words are very important to me. Lord, explain that to me. Zeal. The average Christian, after a few years, is doing God a favor by going to church. Where's that zeal? Where is that zeal? Where is that fire? Where is that love? Where is that, 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 that desire that burns in your soul to live and do what Jesus wants you to do? 
the stages of the Christian life, first conversion, and then second, we see his zeal. Go with me to uh, Matthew chapter 16, please. Matthew chapter 16. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's the, one we, that's the one I had just mentioned to you. Let's, uh, let's look at uh, Matthew 15, 15. No, 1616 was right. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. We'll get it right. I'm still nervous. 1616, Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art Christ. Verse 15, he said unto him, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He asked all the disciples, and who spoke up? Peter, Lord, you are the Christ, the Son, the living God. Peter had an incredible zeal for the Lord. John 6, 6, 6, 6, the Bible says that he came to him, and the Bible says that many of them went away. And Jesus turned and said, are you guys going away too? And Peter said, where are we going? We ain't going nowhere. You have the words of life. Wow, what a man. What a Christian. What a zeal. When, when Jesus was giving instructions to the church in Matthew chapter 18 about a brother that was offended, and he said, what you have to do is you have to go to that brother and make it right. If he won't listen to you, get two more to go with you so that he, they can witness and, uh, or they can, uh, they can encourage, they can counsel, and they can pray so that two people have made it right. And, and he says, and if it doesn't work, take it to the church. And if he doesn't make it right, then have, treat him as a publican. And Peter says, Lord, I'm willing to forgive seven times. See, the rabbis taught three times and you're good. And Peter said, I'm not going to just do double what the rabbis say. I'm going to go up to seven times. Is that good? And the Lord said, no, nobody. Thanks for your, 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 your desire, but 70 times seven. 490. And that's in one day. And that's the same offense. Oh, man. But Peter said, even seven times I'm willing to go and, and forgive my brother and, and go way above what, what, what these religious rabbis teach. John chapter 18, please. John chapter 18. The, the, the bad news is the sermon is two hours. The good news is I'm very hungry. <laughs> John chapter 18, please. Let's look at verse 10. Then Simon, uh, verse 9. Then, then, that the same might be fulfilled which he spoke of them which, gave us, which thou gavest me, have I lost none. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut, his right, cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. <laughs> he had the sword. And that guy was coming after his Savior. He didn't say, oh, let me just cut off your ear. He was going for the neck. He was going for the head because nobody was going to mess with his Savior. He drew his sword, and of course the Lord said, no, no, buddy, don't do that. The, the Lord's fulfilling what he's trying to do, but I love his zeal. I love his fire. I love his desire to defend the Savior. Where do we see that kind of zeal among our people today? Where do we see that kind of fire among our people? The stage of his zeal. He honestly, sincerely, genuinely said, Lord, we have left everything to follow you. What will we get? We have.
have left everything to follow you, what will we get? We live in a generation where we're trying to make everybody happy and we're trying to, 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 to not offend anybody when my Savior said, if you're coming after me, you're going to deny yourself. It's not about you. It's not about what you want. This is my kingdom. You're going to do what I say. Deny yourself. You're going to even take up a cross that is shame and that is pain and suffering if you're going to follow me. Wow. That's what the Lord said. And today, uh, today we see, we see that uh, Peter was willing to leave everything. He was a successful businessman. Peter's Fishing of Galilee, Incorporated. He was a successful fisherman, but he got converted, and his heart was full of zeal for the Lord. Let's go to the third stage of the Christian life. Pastor Bob, would you mind? Thank you so much. Luke chapter 22, please. Luke chapter 22. Verse 33. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock, the, cock sh the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. The Lord's saying, hey, watch out. He says in another passage in, 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 in Luke 22, he said, he said uh, that tonight the, the shepherd will be, will, be, will be smitten and the sheep will be. And he said, no, Lord, no. Even if I have to die for you, I will not deny you. The Lord gave him a warning. He said, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you. You got saved. You got zeal. But let me tell you something. You're in the devil's radar. And the Lord gave him a warning. He said, he said Peter, the devil, the devil has, has desired to sift you like me, but I have prayed for you. And when you converted, strengthen your brethren. He gave him a warning. Dear folks, you and I as Christian brethren, we need to be careful about the devil. We need to be careful in our Christian life. We need to realize that literally we are one step from ruining our testimony for Jesus Christ. The Bible says that, that Jesus, uh, 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 John the Baptist, sent for him and said, is it you or is it somebody else? And the Lord said, hey, um, let me tell you something, buddy. He said, he told his disciples, said, tell him the blind get to see, the deaf get to hear, the, 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 the cripple get to walk. The poor get the gospel preach. Everybody gets their needs met with me. And Jesus said, blessed is he who is not offended in me. John the Baptist. Think about that. John the Baptist was in the river Jordan. John the Baptist held that holy neck. And John the Baptist baptized that holy, that holy being of Jesus. And John the Baptist saw the clouds open. And John the Baptist heard the voice of God saying, This is 
my beloved son, in whom we are pleased. He heard God's voice audibly, and now he's saying, is it you? He was in jail. He was suffering. He was paying the price. And every human being that's saved continues to be a human being. And sometimes we can enter into times of doubt. And the Lord tells Peter, he said, watch out. You better be careful. The devil's looking how to trip you up. The word is scandalizo. Sounds like scandal. Scandalizo means to make fall or to trip. The devil would love to. That's why a young person who loves the Lord and serves the Lord, all of a sudden this little heathen boy, this little heathen girl becomes friends with them and tries to take them out of the Christian life and serving the Lord because the devil is alive. He's a liar. And Jesus gave Peter the warning. He said, hey, you need to know the devil is after you. Dear folks, I want to tell you, in a time where, 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 where sin is prevailing, the devil would love to, to, to have some trophies in the churches of God to ruin even more the name of Christ and the name and the testimony of the church. His conversion, his zeal, his warning, and then... Matthew 26, please. Matthew 26. And uh, Pastor Wayne, would you help me out? And I'm so looking forward to hearing you sing today. Man alive. Matthew 26, 33 says, 31, Then saith Jesus unto him, All you shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. And after I am risen again, I will go before you. And Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet I will never be offended. You know what that is? That's self-confidence. I will never be offended. Been saved for 38 years now. I got saved in 1980. And I'm thinking, when's it going to stop? When is the temptation going to stop? When is the inkling to do what you're not supposed to do going to stop? And the answer to the question is, until we're saved in heaven. Until we get the glorified body. Until we don't have <laughs> sinful blood flowing through our, our veins. And because of that, dear brethren, we need to be careful about self-confidence. Oh! I heard about so-and-so. Oh, I heard about so-and-so. I would never do that. You're real close. You're real close. We're supposed to walk a line where, 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 to the point where we're trying to please the Lord, but we're also aware of the fact that at any given moment, if I'm careless, at any given moment, if I'm not careful what I'm doing, I can, I can bring shame to the name of Jesus. Peter said, Juan? Yeah, Juan. I'm sorry. John? <laughs> goodness. Praise the Lord. John, I can see that guy bailing out. Oh, this, this other guy, Matthew, man, he used to steal money. I can see him bailing out. Jesus, you can count on me. I would never, even if I had to die for you. He didn't have to die for him. He just had to give witness to a little, little maid. And he didn't do it. Self-confidence. Every time a 
finish a day without walking with the Lord, every time I finish a day without reading the Word, every time I finish a day with, without looking for God's direction and help in my life, I'm saying, I got this. I'm going to be all right. You know I'm a deacon down there. You know I'm a Sunday school teacher. Man, I'm the head usher. Oh, there's not a head usher. I'm the head usher. No, you, I, I, I'm the greeter out there. You know, you don't have to worry about me, Lord. I've been saved all these years. You're really close with that attitude and that spirit of falling. Peter said, I would never do that. That's, you, 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 come on, Lord. I thought you were smart now. You know who I am. I thought you knew everything. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. That's why we need church. That's why we need the word. Dear brother, we live in a society where you can get preaching 24-7. You can listen to the word on your, bi- on, on your, on your phone, on apps. You can, you can put it on your computer. You can put it on, on a sound system in your house. You can, be, you can be eating and breathing the word of God 24 hours a day. Yet we're living in spiritual famine. Yet the church and many churches is losing, is losing their influence in the world because the word of God is the key. And when we're not in that world, then we're self-confident. Sunday school? Oh, that's for the new people. I've been studying the Bible for 38 years, listening to preaching, being a preacher, and it's rare that I ever listen to something I don't learn. It's an infinite book. It's an eternal book. And some people think, oh, when I get to heaven, oh, I'm going to have that glorified body, and I'm going to know everything about the Bible. I don't think so. You're taking your knowledge with you. We need to be students of the Lord. Jesus even said, you know, you, you, know, you hear people talk about hypocrites. And Jesus said, I'll tell you who the hypocrites are. He said, you guys say there's clouds. It's going to rain tomorrow. You guys say, feel that southern wind. Tomorrow's going to be hot. He says, you can tell the weather, but you can't tell the time speaking about spiritual stuff. He said, you're a hypocrite. And dear folks, we need to be people who are people of the word. <laughs> the Bible says that in Hebrews, he said, you should be teachers, and you're still wanting to drink milk. You should be teaching others, and you still have to be bottle-fed with the word. You should be, uh, you should be mature. David said, you maestros. It came out, I'm sorry. David said, you should be teachers already. Think about the church. Think about it. It's like a hospital. Everybody needs a hospital. Everybody needs the church. When you go to church, uh, when you go to church, when you go to the hospital, you have the receptionist. From there, you go to the triage. To get in, you go through security. Then you see the nurse. Then you see the x-ray technician. Then you see the doctor. And if you've been crazy, then you go to the surgeon. It's all part of the same institution. That's what the church is. The world's sick. We are sick as human beings, spiritually speaking, and we need part of the church. The church is for the edification of the saints. And, and God didn't say, once you finish 10 years, you don't need it anymore. It's for the edification of the saints, and the church needs to be a vital part of our life. We see his conversion. We see his zeal. We see his warning. We see his self-confidence. And let's go to that page that we don't want to see. Go with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. Brother Gary, can you help me out? 
I saw your wife elbowing you because you were sleeping, so I forgot to bring you up here. <laughs> Matthew chapter 26. Sorry, man. Matthew chapter 26. Let's look at, um, let's see, we're going to go to 69. Then Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. He denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, and another maid said unto him, and uh, saw him, and said unto them uh, that were there, This fellow also was also with Jesus of Nazareth, and he denied with an oath, I promise you, I, I, I promise you it's not true. I do not know the man. And after a while uh, it came unto him, they stood by, and they said to Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thy speech bewrayeth. You talk like that, Jesus man. It, you must be one of them. Then he began to curse and swear like a fisherman, saying, I know not the man. And immediately, the cock crew. See, he got self-confident. He was so self-confident, he even got warned by the Lord, and now a little lady comes up, here's Mr. Boldness, here's Mr. I'm going to say my mind, here's Mr. I'm going to tell you like it is, here's Mr. I got fire for the Lord. No, no I don't know him. Oh, we saw, no, I don't know him. You talk, oh, no, I don't. This blankety, blankety, blank, blankety, blank. I don't know him. And the cock crew. Pretty good, huh? His fall. He fell. He fell. He failed the Lord. He failed. He denied the Lord. The Lord says, if you'll confess me for man, I will confess you before my Father, which is in heaven. God wants us to be proud of who we are and who he is. And the Bible says this man, with all this zeal, because he was overconfident, didn't listen to the warning. He denied the Lord. Then the Bible says, the Bible says in John chapter 21, these words, I go fishing. Any fisherman here? Anybody that likes to fish? Is it a sin to fish? Is it a sin to fish? Better not be. It better not be. I'm in trouble, man. I'm going to go to the altar. There's nothing wrong with fishing. But when Peter said, I go fishing, he was saying, I'm going back to my old life. I'm going back to what I used to do. I'm going back to the life that I lived before Jesus was my, my Savior and my guide. I'm going to go back. You know what the Bible said? You ain't leaving us here, man. We're going with you. Because he was a leader. And, 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 and no matter who you are, somebody's watching you. You have influence. And the Bible says that, that Jesus, <coughs> I'm sorry, uh, Peter said, I'm going fishing. The disciples went with him, and they went fishing. Let, let, let's see the story. We'll, we'll, we'll finish here in a few minutes. Uh, John chapter 21. A few minutes in Spanish means 30 minutes, okay? John chapter 21. John chapter 21. You know the story, but I'd like to read it. Verse 6. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side. I'm sorry, verse 5. Then Jesus said unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. Uh, okay, the Lord's encountering all his disciples who have left the ministry to go fishing and instead saying, You low lives, you losers, you, you guys who love me, he said, How's the fishing going? Got anything to eat? 
No, yeah, because it's not in your bench issues to go back to the old life. I've called you and your life is for me. He said, cast the net. They cast the net, 153, 153 fish. When they got back, the coals were already brewing. There was already fish on there. The Lord had it all prepared because he so prepared for us to repent and get back where we should be. His fall. His fall was to deny the Lord. His fall was to go back to the old life and leave the ministry, and he took people with him. See, this is, this is the Christian life. We get saved. We have zeal. The Lord warns us. We, we, many people are careless and they have self-confidence. Then we fall, but then the Lord loves us and he restores us. The, the, the Bible says that the Lord came to him and asked him about his fishing and the Lord uh, 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 encountered him and it, you know that filled Peter with shame. And so after his fall, he experienced shame and the Lord met with him. But let's, let's get to the pretty stuff. Let's go to John chapter 1, verse 15. If I could have another man, another brother to help me out up here if we could. Anybody? But Philip, maybe? Could you help me out? Okay, we're on point one, two, three, four, five. I only have 17 points. <laughs> 21 verse 15. John 21 verse 15. So when they had died, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He said to him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said to him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said to him, Feed my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Joseph, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. See, three times Peter denied him. And the Lord said, There you go, buddy. You denied me three times? Now you're going to tell me you love me three times. And Peter, he, he, here he said, even if I go to, go to, go to, go to jail, even if, if I die, I would never deny you. And here, the verb form of love is not that strong love, but that love like I'm barely loving you. And the Lord said, now you're ready. Now you realize who you are. Now I can use you. I can use you so much. You were a fisherman, fisherman. Now I'm going to let you feed the sheep. I'm going to let you be a pastor. Because you went through all this and you learned who you were and you got rid of your self-confidence. Now come on and feed my sheep. And the Lord restored him to the ministry. What a beautiful story. There's nobody that has done something so vile, so wicked, that God doesn't still love you, and God is willing that if you will confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you and, and, and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Amen. And Peter was restored. But i got to get to the last one. Acts chapter 2, please. And I'll hold this one up. Acts chapter 2. Verse 14. Acts chapter 2, verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice, and he said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all you that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not just... He's preaching. 
He's standing up in front of everybody. He's preaching. And the Bible says in verse 41, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Wow, just a matter of days, just a matter of weeks from the time he was, but because of his self-confidence, ended up denying the Lord, and now he's preaching. He's saying these guys aren't drunk. That's the Holy Spirit. That's what was prophesied in the Old Testament. And he starts preaching, and he says, repent. And the Bible says 3,000 people got saved and baptized. If you read the Bible, there was no other documented story other than the book of Jonas where the whole city repented, where we see such an influence by somebody proclaiming God's will and God's way and his word as this day. And God did a miracle for the church. And who did he use? A cussing fisherman. You guys who fish, you got hope, all right? A cussing fisherman. And, and we see, we see, dear folks, this is the Christian life. We see the conversion. We see the zeal. We see the warning. We see the self-confidence. We see the fall. We see his restoration. And we see his victory. That's what God wants. You see, you have this thing called a conscience. And you have this enemy called the devil. That, that when you do something wrong, he, he, he'll, he'll jump on your shoulder. And he'll say, you're a loser. First he'll say, go ahead and do it. It'll be all right. God knows it'll be all right. Don't you worry. You won't die. Others have done it. You'll be all right. And then you do it. He says, why don't you just take your life? You're a loser. You're useless. But when we go to the Word of God, we see a man who should have stood firm for the Lord and and, and proclaimed his praises and and his support in his time of agony. When they're giving him an unjust trial. I don't know him. I don't know him. Go to Walmart. Have your wife buying clothes right there. An old friend from high school comes and says, hey, who's that lady over there? She with you? And you say, I don't know her. I don't know where you're going to sleep tonight. (laughs) (laughs) But because of the love relationship, because of what there is between the two, there should never be any embarrassment. We should be proud to proclaim who our wife and our husband is, and that's because of the love we have for them and, and how it hurt the Lord when Peter in his moment, his, his, his most his, his most needed moment, Peter says, don't know him. Nope, you're crazy, lady. This is the Christian life. And I got good news for you. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't do a good job. After the victory, he stayed in the victory. Wrote 1 Peter, wrote 2 Peter. If you read the book of Acts and see what God did through Peter, wow. He brought the gospel to the Gentiles. He, he, he did, God used him greatly. But he went through all this. I don't know about you. I want the Lord to use me. I'm 53 years old. Hopefully I'll live 80 years. Hopefully the Lord will allow me to be in the ministry. And I want him to use me. And I'm going to take all these lessons and I'm going to apply them to my life so that when I'm done and I'm in eternity, I'm enjoying all the results of what happened from year to year. Where are you tonight? Uh, I'm sorry, where are you this morning? Where are you at in this? You may be, you may be, you may be in restoration and victory, praise the Lord. 
but let's serve the Lord. Thank you, gentlemen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this book. Thank you for the life of Peter. Thank you for these stages in his life. Oh, how they challenge us, Lord. Oh, how they direct us. Oh, how they educate us on a relationship with Christ and the, and the Christian life. I pray, Lord, that something or somehow or some verse would be a help, a, a, an edification, a, a blessing to somebody who's here today, that their Christian life would be helped. But I pray if there's somebody who's not saved, that this would be the day. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Pastor Bob and the staff are going to be here at front. Who would be sincere enough to say, Pastor Mark, I'm a good person. I'm a moral person. I have a Bible. But I don't know that I'm saved. Don't be embarrassed. My daughter grew up in a preacher's home and in a church camp at 14 years old. She realized it wasn't from the heart. And she got saved. The Lord is touching your heart because you're not saved. Don't reject. Because every time you reject, the next time it's easier. They're going to play. Pastor Bob's down here. Is there anybody who would say, I don't know that I'm saved? Nobody's looking. If you're not saved, you're going to lose everything. Shall we all stand to our feet and make it easier? I don't know that I'm saved. Or maybe today you're a Christian and you, you saw your life in one of those phases and you want to come and you want to talk to the Lord. Why don't you come? As they sing. I hear the Savior say Thy strength in Do you need is small to the warning? Do you need to quit being so self-confident? Do you need to be restored? Do you need to be saved? Do you need to make a change in your life? Why don't we come? Yeah, I'll never forget the story when I was a teenager. They talked about a rock concert. I don't know if it was ACDC or who it was. And they gave an invitation and they said, who would come down here to the front stage and give their lives to the devil? And hundreds of young people came. Today, if the Holy Spirit has used his word in your heart, don't stay there. Come. Don't be ashamed to make a decision. We're at a hospital. We're at church. We're among love people, people who love us. If God has spoken to you, why don't you come? If you're not saved, you can be saved very quickly after an explanation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you are saved and that zeal has gone away, come and say, Lord, help me with my zeal. If you have that zeal and you want to keep that zeal, why don't you come and say, Lord, help me to keep that zeal. Help me to have a fire for you. Help me to be like Peter so that I can shine for the Lord.
anyone else. Don't walk out of this building unsure. God is a, is a great God, and he loves us with an amazing love. And so, um, you know, my desire, Pastor Mark's desire, um, Pastor Curry, Pastor Scott, Pastor Wayne, everybody on staff, is our desire that you would ha- be assured of your salvation, that there would be no doubt. Because it's hard to share when you have doubt. It's hard to share the love of Christ with somebody who doesn't know him if you're not sure about that. And so you may, you may go, I need to talk to somebody, but I don't want to walk forward. Then what I would say is, is you could have this opportunity, but we'll be in the back and we'll be around. Don't leave the property before you get some stuff, stuff settled with God. All right? Um, we've got... Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Marcy, Matthew, Joey, and you guys come on up here. Um, these guys are coming to, to join our fellowship um, from another uh, sister church. And so would, um, this is um, Matthew. You go by Matt or Matthew? Matt. Matt. Okay, that's, that's what I was thinking, but just reading. <laughs> this is Matt and Marcy and Jillian, and, and they come to, to be part of the church family here at Ebenezer. Would you, would you affirm that? All right. Um, I also know that before we leave, we need to do one other thing, but um, I know that there are some some folks that have been on staff here at Ebenezer in the past. I I saw Pastor Earl back there somewhere. I can't see you now, man. He's back there. And... um, and so, and Miss Sheila and Miss Nancy's back there, I think. And and so, um, make sure that that you say hi to them and and say glad to, that you're glad they were here this morning. And so, just welcome them. I'm sure that they'll join us for the meal as well. Um, and then we have personnel committee is going to share some stuff this morning, a little bit. Okay, Would you guys come. You guys can have a seat for just a moment. Uh, this is this is a personnel committee, and they've been they've been working hard um, because the, the, we've had several changes, and so they want to share something with you this week, and then we'll be sharing some things from from their perspective over the coming weeks as well. Okay. Okay. Uh, we are uh, really excited and happy to make an announcement to everybody this morning uh, on behalf of the personnel ministry team. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say we appreciate all the prayers for our group, and it has definitely been felt, and uh, we, we covet those continually as well. But this morning we have an announcement for the facilities maintenance person uh, is going to be Ted Milby for our church. Yeah. Uh, Ted will start a week from tomorrow, October the 9th. He is actually on vacation. I talked to him yesterday. He's in Ohio. So, uh, but we're really excited about that. We look forward to uh, moving forward with our church and our growth, and we, and we feel led to, uh, to elect him to be uh, filling that position. So 
pray for him, pray for his family as they return, and I know we are really excited about that. Thank you. All right, would you, would you stand? And we're going to pray and dismiss and, and also ask a blessing on the food before we get back there. Um, I'm sure they've got a way, it figured out how we're doing it, and you'll get that when you get back there. Pastor Craig, would you pray? I think it's still on. Thank you. All right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Thank you, Lord. You are full of grace and mercy and love for us, and we're so thankful that we can come together as believers and worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank you for your word, and we thank you for the way that it was delivered clearly today. Father, thank you for uh, just the way you're continuing to work in our lives, and we know that the, the Christian life is a journey, and, and uh, so thank you for your restoration. And uh, I just pray for encouragement for each person that's here, Lord. We're in different different parts of that journey. So I just pray that uh, as we leave now, we don't forget the things that you revealed to us and you showed to us in our own hearts and that we will respond to that. We don't have to come to the front of a church to respond to the drawing of your spirit. So I just pray that you will uh, just go with us as we, as we leave this uh, building now and as we gather together around the table and enjoy a uh, time of fellowship there, we pray that you'll bless that time. Lord, uh, we do thank you for the food. We thank you for those that have uh, prepared it for today. And uh, Lord, most of all, just as we go back there and just share uh, life and share memories and share hopes for the future, that uh, we will honor and glorify you in those times. Lord, we just want to say we love you today and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. For listening to this audio from Ebenezer Baptist Church, we welcome you to join us next Sunday at 1030 a.m. for our weekly worship service. If you have found this resource helpful, then please share it with others and check out our ministries at ebcconnect.org.